0: Well, good morning. If you have uh, a Bible with you this morning, please turn to the book of John. The book of John we will actually be looking at several different verses in the book of John uh, this morning. Uh, We will start in John chapter 14, verse 12. John chapter 14, verse 12, let's pray. Well, Father, we just look to you in the name of Jesus, and we just ask you for help this morning. Father, I just uh, I, I ask for help personally, and just corporately, as, as a body of people here, we ask for help. We just acknowledge that. Um, we are completely helpless apart from you, Father. Jesus, you have said to us that apart from you, we can do nothing. We can do nothing of any eternal good, nothing that would be of any spiritual good for anybody. We can do nothing, ultimately can't even breathe apart from you. So Father, we just look to you for help. Father, we live in um, a difficult time. Uh, here uh, your word says that now e- even those who are in christ jesus we we see through a glass dimly we we see truth still dimly in some ways we we, we wrestle with it we, there's so much we still don't understand and we just look to you father and just acknowledge that nobody here has everything figured out nobody And we just humble ourselves before You and ask You, Father, to help us now. We do believe You have given us the Bible, the Word of God, to help us. The Word of God is truth, absolute truth. And uh, we can know You through the Word. We can know truth through the Word. And we just ask You, as we look at the Word this morning, that You would help us. Father, I just ask for a blessing of Your Spirit here in this room. Your spirit blows wherever he wishes, and we just look to you, Father, and ask that you cause your spirit to move in the hearts, in this room, all of our hearts, and you would stir and um, stir us up. Uh, give us faith, help us help us, Lord. You know the ways we need help. You know everything about us. You know us intimately, each one of us, Lord. So we just ask that you would help us in the ways we do need help this morning. Just ask that you work through your word now, Father for your glory and our good, and we pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, if you are uh, just joining us this morning for... The first time I started a, a sermon series a couple weeks back on the subject of prayer. Uh, we do typically preach through books of the Bible here uh, in this church family, but we're taking a bit from uh, a break from that just a bit. And I'm, I'm preaching a few sermons on prayer, definitely not trying to cover everything the Bible says about prayer, just something the Bible says about prayer. And we're looking at the subject of prayer for a while because prayer is simply one of the most important aspects in the Christian life and and yet for many many believers prayer is also one of the most neglected aspects of the Christian life many many believers rarely praying if at all and a believer who is weak in prayer will just very simply be a very weak believer. Albert Richardson, in his book, The Kneeling Christian, he says this, quote, he says, Why are so many Christians so often defeated? Because they pray so little. Why are many Christians so often discouraged and disheartened? Because they pray so little. Why do most Christians see so few brought out of darkness to light by their ministry? Because they Pray so little. Why are our churches simply not on fire for God? Because there is so little real prayer. And he finishes by saying, We may be assured of this. The secret of all failure in the local church is our failure in secret prayer. End quote. And I believe that with all my heart. Prayer is just vitally important for the health of believers, for the health of local churches. So we're taking some time here to think about prayer, and I would like to continue to encourage you as we do move through this series. I would like to encourage you to begin praying in your individual life. If you've not been praying, I'd encourage you to begin praying. If you have been praying, I'd encourage you to begin to pray more. Please don't wait till the end of this series to begin to pray as a believer, because here's the thing. You don't learn to pray by listening to a sermon. You don't learn to pray by reading a book. Prayer is one of those things that you learn to do do by doing it you learn to pray by praying ol halsby in his book called prayer which i recommended to you last week ol halsby says it takes two things to learn how to pray well one it takes practice you just have to do it and two it takes Perseverance. You just have to keep doing it. And as you practice praying and as you persevere in praying, God begins to open up the mystery of prayer to you, and, and prayer becomes easier. It becomes more life giving to you. I've experienced that in my own life up um, to some degree. So I just encourage all of us, just please start praying. Now, this is my one hope and prayer for this entire sermon series. If nothing else comes of this, my prayer is that. That God would just stir us up to begin to pray and we would persevere in praying after this sermon series. And if that happens, this sermon series is a win and God will do amazing things through the prayers of this local church. So please let me encourage you, just begin to pray now and persevere in praying uh, we started this sermon series here by looking at the importance of prayer, just, j- just kind of tracing the theme of prayer through the entire Bible just to see how important prayer is for the people of God. And then the last two Sundays, I talked about praying like a child. When, when you trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of sins and you come into the kingdom of God, you become a child of God. He becomes your father. He loves you. Uh, and it is so important as a Christian that, that, as a child of God, you learn to pray like a child of God, you learn to pray like a child to your father, so we talked about that the last couple of Sundays and now here today we 're going to look at some promises that Jesus has given us in the Bible concerning prayer, focusing primarily this morning on some promises Jesus has given us concerning prayer here in the book of John chapters fourteen to sixteen in just Three chapters here in the book of John, chapters 14, 15, and 16, in just three chapters, Jesus gives to us multiple promises concerning prayer. And these promises are are absolutely mind-blowing, incredible, amazing promises. 2 Peter 1 says that in the Bible, God has given us precious and very great promises promises all kinds of amazing promises that God gives to us all over the Bible and here in John's John 14, 15 and 16, Jesus, the eternal Son of God, has given us some precious and very great promises concerning prayer. And, and yet, I think a lot of believers have a tendency to kind of read right over the promises here in the book of John. I did that for years. I knew they were here. <laughs> I knew them. I probably could have quoted them to you. But I don't know how much I really understood them or believed them. As a child of God. So we're gonna take some time here this morning to look at these promises, just kind of meditate on them here for a few minutes, slowly and simply. And and please let me let me encourage you to do something as as we look at these promises this morning. I, I would like to encourage you to listen to these promises like a little child. It is so important. That we become like children. Jesus says on multiple occasions that in order to enter the kingdom of God and in order to advance in the kingdom of God, we must become like children. Uh, Simple, a trusting, humble like children. Uh, So as you listen to these promises here today, let me encourage you to listen to them like a, a little child receive them like a little child, believe them, and, and act on them like a little child. You, you know what? That pleases God. Uh, th- th- that simple childlike trust when God promises something to you, th- that pleases God when you just say, yes, Father, I, I see the promise, and I'm just going to receive it. I'm going to believe it. I'm going I'm to act on it. That, that just pleases God. So I'd encourage you this morning, just hear these promises like a little child. Try to hear these promises like the original disciples of Jesus would have heard them. Jesus was speaking these promises to his his original disciples, and, and just try to step into their shoes and feel what they would have felt to hear these promises for the very first time concerning prayer. Let me just give you a quick context for what's going on here at this point in the book of John. John chapters 13 through 16, those four chapters, John 13 through 16, are really just one long teaching from Jesus. Many people call this long teaching the farewell discourse of Jesus because he taught this. This was Jesus' last teaching to his disciples before his crucifixion. He is teaching this the night before his death. He starts teaching in John 13 and 14 and he is right there in the upper room at the last supper with his disciples. And then at the end of chapter 14, Jesus and his disciples leave the upper room, begin to head to the garden of Gethsemane where Jesus will be arrested, and when they leave the upper room, Jesus just keeps teaching. <laughs> so, so one long huge teaching here, John 13 through 17, the the farewell discourse. And and this is an incredibly important teaching from Jesus. This is the last teaching he will give to his disciples before he dies these are the words right here that jesus wants to be ringing in their ears when he dies and is buried and jesus gives his disciples here multiple promises concerning prayer here's the first if you look at john fourteen twelve, jesus still at the last supper here with his disciples he says this just hear this with fresh ears this morning truly truly jesus says I say to you, disciples, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Disciples, Jesus says, you who believe in me will do the works that I do, the the same types of works that I do, or or literally the same types of things that I do. And, And Jesus was probably referring there to his miraculous works, but I think he was referring to more than that. I think he was also probably referring to his teaching. His preaching and, 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 and so on, you disciples will do the same type of works or things that I do, and mind-blowing statement here from Jesus, you disciples will do even greater works or even greater things than I do because I'm going to the Father. And, and Jesus was probably referring there to the work of the Holy Spirit, who would come to Earth after Jesus ascended and went back to the Father. Disciples, I will soon ascend back to the Father after my death and resurrection. And when I do go back to the Father, I'll send the Holy Spirit to you. And because my spirit will then be on you and living in you, you will actually do the same works that I do and even greater works that I do. And I don't think Jesus was saying that they would, they would do greater works in, uh, as far as glory or, or power. No, I think Jesus was probably saying they would do greater works as far as scope or number. Because up to this point in time, the only one who had actually really been doing Holy Spirit empowered miracles and, and works, the only one who had been 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 doing this Holy Spirit empowered preaching and teaching was Jesus. But after Jesus would go back to the Father, He would send His Holy Spirit upon His disciples. And then it wouldn't just be one person doing Holy Spirit works or things. Now it would be all of His disciples doing Holy Spirit works or things all over the earth. Starting in Jerusalem right here and working out to the ends of the earth do greater works, disciples, greater in scope or greater in number because there will then be more than just me doing them. You'll all be doing them all over the world. And Jesus then adds those words there in verse 13. Whatever you ask in my name, disciples, this I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. <laughs> just pause there. That's a really big word, whatever. Whatever you ask, whatever you ask, whatever you ask, disciples, in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And Jesus was obviously talking about prayer, though, there. And listen, those words there, those words were not just for the original disciples who believed in Jesus. Those words are for every disciple who believes in Jesus. If you are a disciple of Jesus here today, you are now trusting in Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. You are legitimately trying to follow Jesus and obey Jesus in your life. Those words are for you. And Jesus would say to you right here through his word, whatever you ask, disciple, in my name, I will do it that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And I just encourage you, if you are a disciple, read those words through fresh eyes today. I pray that you would read those words, that you'd hear those words today like a child. I know how Christians read those words. You instantly want to throw up all kinds of qualifications. Okay. I would caution you not to do that right there because Jesus didn't do it right there. Now, now we will get to some guidelines, some, some boundaries maybe that Jesus puts on this thing, but just let the wideness of that promise land on you just for a second before your mind just starts to reason it all away. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. Whatever you ask. Whatever you ask. And a child hears those words and says, That's awesome! Are you kidding me? i got to ask you some things then. That's how a child hears those words. Man, a, a, a child just takes words like that at face value. You know, if you, if, if you promise your, your little daughter someday that, that you will take her on a date... Later that day, (laughs) she will receive your words and take them at face value. You will return home from work and you will find her on the front porch dressed in her favorite dress waiting for daddy. She hears your words, she believes your words, and she acts on your words. That's what a child does, and that pleases you as her daddy. <laughs> you look at her there on the front porch, you came home, you trusted me. You believe me. Let's go on a date. That pleases you as her daddy. And that's the way it is. With our Father, when we receive His promises like a child, or when we receive Jesus' promises like a child. So please become like a child here for just a second. Just take those words at face value. Our adult like minds (laughs) want to start reasoning, we're very skeptical. In our adult-like minds, we're very unbelieving. In our adult-like minds, we're very suspicious. In our adult-like minds, and somebody promises something to us, and we say, how can I trust you? Prove it. How do I know you're telling me the truth? That's got to go. That's got to go. That's fine when you're at the job, maybe, and somebody promises you something be a little okay. How do I know? Wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove. When it comes to the Father, be a child. Receive his words. Go home today and just meditate on those words from Jesus. How would that have sounded to the disciples? Can you imagine that? Whatever we ask in your name, you'll do it. Wow, that's really Crazy. His disciples were probably blown away, man, when Jesus made that promise to them. So, what does Jesus do, man? He just uh, repeats himself. (laughs) It says almost the exact same thing a second time. Look at verse 13. Whatever you ask in my name, verse 13 again, whatever you ask in my name, disciples, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And then verse 14, if you ask me, anything in my name I will do it now it's not just you praying to the Father now you're actually asking Jesus in his name and he says I will 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 do it man he's Jesus is a great teacher (laughs) he he knows when he wants to reinforce a point with his students he repeats it (laughs) or he's kind of like a father with children here. You know, he called his disciples on many occasions, my little children. <laughs> and I think he's kind of like a father with, with children here. He, he, wants to, he wants to reinforce this point with his disciples, his little children. So he repeats the promise to them in, in pretty similar words. And That's what fathers do with their kids. Honey, when I get home today, I will take you on a date. And you then call your daughter at lunchtime to assure her that you truly meant what you said. Honey, Remember? We're, we're going on a date later today. You, you, you just assure your children. Help them to trust. This is what Jesus is doing here. He knows his disciples. His, his little children, as he's called them, are probably having a hard time with this, this amazing promise he just gave them. So he repeats it. And if you're a disciple of Jesus today, those words are for you. They're for you. Receive them like a child. And Jesus would say to you today, if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. (laughs) I know your mind wrestles with that. Well, but, well, but, well, but, yep, 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 I get it. Just let it land on you like a kid. And there's another big word there. Before he said, whatever you ask, here he says, anything. <laughs> if you ask me anything in my name, I'll do it. And you know, both of those two promises right there in John 14, those are meant to encourage you to pray. Those are just meant to draw you into prayer, Draw you in. Meant to give you faith and draw you in to praying in your life. <laughs> And Jesus then just keeps going, essentially repeating the exact same promise in different words several more times. If you look now at John 15:7 let me kind of set the context here for what Jesus is talking about here in John 15. If you glance up in John 15:1, you'll notice that Jesus has now started talking here about the vine and the branches. I talked about that a few weeks ago. Uh, Jesus just said to his disciples in verse 1 and 2 there that he was the true vine and his disciples were the branches that were attached to him. Attached to him by faith. (laughs) Picture Jesus, there he is, the true vine and these little branches attached to Jesus. And look now at what Jesus says in John 15, 7. If you abide in me, Jesus said. And my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Very, very similar to the previous comments except Jesus now connects the promise to that word abide. If you abide in me disciples and if my words abide in you ask whatever again big word ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And again please just try to receive that like a little child. And, and, and please don't make that word abide more, more complicated, more complex than, than it really is. Think of a branch abiding in a vine. <laughs> Jesus gave us a very simple picture there. J- just kind of think of that, that branch and, and a vine. A branch that is abiding in a vine is simply a branch that stays vitally connected to the vine. It, it stays close to the vine. It stays attached to the vine. It is internally feeding on the vine. And man, the life-giving sap that is in the vine causes that branch then just naturally to bear all kinds of great fruit. And that so 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 when Jesus tells his disciples to abide in him he's simply telling them to stay close to him <laughs> stay close to me stay attached to me disciples keep feeding on me, and, and that really is the key to the Christian life. You, you abide in Jesus. You, you, you feed on Jesus daily in, in his word or, or, or in prayer or in Christian fellowship, and, and you also follow Jesus closely. You try to follow him closely in your life. You know, you think of a vine that blows with the wind. Well, that branch, man, is going to stay with it, and now think of Jesus in your life. He wants to go and do certain things, and, and it's just a matter of staying close to Jesus and doing what He wants to do in your life and going where He wants to go in your life. You follow Jesus closely. You, you, you seek to obey Jesus. Man, that, that, that's abiding. That, that's the walk of faith for a Christian, a branch staying close to a vine attached and feeding, following the vine. And when you do that as a Christian, the life-giving sap of the Holy Spirit... fills you and that life-giving sap of the spirit in you it just naturally begins to produce the fruits of the spirit in you you know you don't have to go out and labor to produce the fruits of the spirit in your life you know what you have to do abide in jesus abide in jesus you never abide perfectly in this life but that should be your aim your goal to abide in jesus that's your goal as a christian And man, one of the great benefits of abiding in Jesus, here it is, you ready? One of the great benefits of abiding closely to Jesus Christ, your prayers are answered. Your prayers are answered. Verse 7, Jesus says, disciples, if you abide in me, that's if, there's a condition there, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish. And it will be done for you. <laughs> That's amazing. That's a very precious, very great promise from Jesus. And, and and catch what he says there. Ask whatever you wish. And it will be done for you for you. And I I think the idea there is really, really pretty simple. If you are abiding closely in Jesus Christ, if if you're seeking to to feed on and follow Jesus in your life, and and if His words are abiding in you, you're, you're feeding regularly on His words in the Bible, if that's you, guess what happens to you over time? Over time, your desire over time, your, your desires begin to conform more and more with the desires of Jesus. Your will begins to conform more and more with the will of Jesus. Your internal wishes begin to conform more and more to the wishes of Jesus, and you then ask whatever you wish And your wish is now his wish. Your will is his will. Your desire is his desire. You ask whatever you wish now and it's done for you. You know, I know a lot of Christians in their life They get so hung up with trying to pray the will of God. I just got to pray according to the will of God. I got to pray. Yes, you do. (laughs) He won't answer the prayers outside of His will, and I'll show you that here in a second, but please don't get so hung up in your prayer life about trying to pray according to the will of God. I wouldn't get so hung up about that. Here's the key, abide in Jesus. Abide in Jesus and His words, abiding in you. And listen, this right here, you know what this is? This is the revealed will of God. And as the revealed will of God is dwelling more and more in your heart, this this is is beginning to penetrate every part of your being. You you, you could cut yourself open, and as they used to say about John Bunyan, his blood type would have been biblene. If that's you, over time your hearts are going to be... Your heart's going to be conformed. It's going to meld with the revealed will of God right here. And you're going to pray according to the will of God. And whatever you wish and whatever you ask in prayer, it will be done for you. And don't get paralyzed about trying to figure out the will of God. Abide in the word and just pray what comes to your heart. Pray like a child to a father. That's it. Just ramble before the father. Just ramble before him. Abide in Jesus and ramble like a child. Father, please supply my family's daily bread today. Lord, my kids need food. They need, they need clothing today. I lost my job. Will you please provide for my family? Please help me, Father, not, not, not to be anxious at work today. You tell me in the Word to, to cast my cares upon you. Will you help me to do that today so I'm not anxious? Father, will you help me to rest in your love more today? It says in Ephesians that we can somehow know the love of Christ that passes knowledge. Will you help me today to know your love and to rest in your love for me? Oh, Father, will you please save my neighbor Jim? He needs salvation. And know, Jesus, you came to seek and save the lost. You save my neighbor Jim. Father,